Well, hey everybody, I'm Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. Now, in this episode of our podcast, we are talking about the attitude that we have when it comes to our money. And there really are two ways that we can see every dollar that we spend. We can either focus in on how much something costs us, or we can focus in on the blessings that we receive from every dollar we spend, or the blessings that every dollar we spend can give to other people in our community, in our lives, or all around the world. So let's get right into this episode and see how our attitudes about money should be shaped by our faith. I'm holding in my hands a $1 bill. Now, a $1 bill might just be the most recognizable form of currency in the world today. I've got a question for you about a dollar bill right out of the gate. How many $1 bills on average does the Federal Reserve here in the United States print every single day? That number's pretty huge, and it may actually surprise you. How many dollar bills does Federal Reserve print every single day? Every single day, the Federal Reserve prints about 16 million $1 bills. That means that there are literally hundreds of billions of dollar bills in circulation all around the world right now. And what that means for us today is that every single one of us have not only seen our fair share of $1 bills, we have all spent our fair share of $1 bills over the years as well. But we are also all well aware that a dollar bill, because of inflation, it doesn't go as far as it used to. So what exactly can you do with a dollar bill in 2021? Well, I've come up with a few things that you can do with a dollar bill. You can take this dollar bill, you can turn it into a bookmark, and you can use it to save your spot in whatever you're reading at this point in time. Or you can take this dollar bill, you can fold it up and turn it into an airplane, a paper airplane, and have a little bit of fun with it. You can take any dollar bill and go to the website, wheresgeorge.com, enter in the serial number you find on that dollar bill, and see where your dollar has shown up all around the world. Or... You can always teach yourself a magic trick that involves a dollar bill and use it to impress your friends. I'm going to make this one disappear right now. I'm a talented magician, what can I say? Thank you. Thank you very much. But when it comes to dollar bills, like I said, we've all seen our fair share of them. We have all spent our fair share of dollar bills. And when it comes to every dollar that we spend, there are two ways that we can think about it. We can either think about how much something costs us when we spend a dollar bill, or we can think about the blessings that we receive from every dollar that we spend. Or to put it a little bit more simply for you, we can count the cost or we can count the blessing. We can either count the cost or we can count the blessing. Let me take just a second here and see if I can show you exactly what I mean. Because today, not only did I bring with me a dollar bill that I've already put in my pocket, I also brought along this bottle of water, okay? This is just an ordinary bottle of water, the kind of bottle of water that you can pick up at any grocery store or any gas station, okay? But I want you to imagine right now that I was trying to sell this bottle of water during our worship service for $2, Now, go onto Facebook right now, hit the like button, the thumbs up button, if you would be willing to spend $2 to buy this bottle of water from me right now. I'll watch the feed and I'll catch up with you after the worship service, okay? I'm not seeing any thumbs go floating by on my screen. And I got to tell you, that's not exactly surprising for me because it would be ridiculous for you to spend $2 to buy this bottle of water from me. I mean, if you're worshiping with us in person right now, 
All you got to do is walk out into the hallway and you can get a drink of water from the water fountain for free. Or if you're worshiping with us from home, just go into your kitchen and you can get something to drink that's not going to cost you another penny. So it'd be ridiculous to pay me two bucks for this bottle of water right now. But now I want you to imagine that you are out at Kentucky Kingdom, spending an entire day at an amusement park in the middle of July. The sun is beating down on you all day long. The temperatures have steadily risen from the 80s to the 90s, and it's pushing 100 degrees. So with sweat running down your face, a little cotton mouth going on, you run across a vendor who's selling a bottle of water just like this one for $2. And you go back onto Facebook, hit the like button if you'd be willing to spend 2 bucks to buy that bottle of water can see a couple more thumbs up that are happening with that one. So what exactly changed? Why in one example that I gave you would you never spend $2 to buy a bottle of water from me in the sanctuary, but you would spend $2 to buy a bottle of water from a vendor at an amusement park? I mean, the bottle of water is exactly the same. The cost hasn't changed anything. So what's the difference? Well, the circumstances have changed. In the first example I gave you, what you're thinking about is how much that bottle of water costs. It would cost $2 to buy something that you could get for next to nothing on your own. But in the other example, you're thinking of the blessings that you would receive from the water that you drank. And on a hot summer day in July, after spending hours under the sun, it's not much better than having a nice, refreshing drink of water. And it's this difference in mindset, the difference between thinking about how much something costs and thinking about the blessings that we receive from it that cause some people to grumble and complain every single month when their rent or their mortgage payment is due, while other people just feel grateful that they have a roof over their heads. Now, I have been a member of the church for over 32 years. And in my 32 years of experience inside of the church, I can tell you that most churches tend to focus in on the cost rather than looking at the blessing. And there's nothing intrinsically wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with us counting the cost of something. As a matter of fact, it's actually biblical. Jesus himself teaches us a lesson about how important it is for us to count the cost of something in the passage of Scripture that we're going to be reading in just a second. This is what, uh, so I want you to listen to what Jesus has to say in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 14, where we'll start reading in verse 28. Here's what Jesus says. He says, If one of you wanted to build a tower, wouldn't you first sit down and calculate the cost to determine whether you have enough money to complete it? Otherwise, when you have laid the foundation but you couldn't finish the tower, all who see it will begin to belittle you. They'll say, here's the person who began construction and couldn't complete it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down to consider whether his 10,000 soldiers could go up against the 20,000 soldiers coming against him? And if he didn't think that he would win, he would send a representative to discuss terms of peace while his enemy was still a long way off. So in this passage, we have Jesus talking about the importance of counting the cost. But these words of wisdom, they're not just biblical. They're also practical for us. I mean, we all realize that whether we're talking about our own personal finances or we're talking about the collective finances of the church, that we do have limited financial resources. So every dollar we spend doing one thing leaves us one less dollar that we can spend doing something else. In the example that Jesus gives us, he says, every dollar that you spent building the foundation for a tower 
leaves you one less dollar that you can spend completing the tower. So it's important to have a plan for every dollar that you're going to spend. But if we get so caught up and focused in on how much everything costs us, we actually miss out on something that's more important. We miss out on why we spend money to begin with. See, in the story that Jesus tells us, he doesn't tell us to count the cost of building that tower so that we can end up with more $1 bills sitting in our pocket at the end of the day. Jesus doesn't tell us to count the cost of building the tower so that we can build a bigger tower when the project's completed. No, Jesus tells us to count the cost of building the tower because he wants us to be able to get the job finished. He wants us to complete the tower. And what that means for us in the church is that Jesus wants us to count the cost of the ministry that we do to make sure that we can be the church that God is calling us to be. And that's because God is well aware that everything that we do, it costs us something. But God also knows the blessing that all of the work and all of the ministry that we do can have not only in our lives, but in the lives of so many other people all around the world. So today, as we are thinking ahead to what the next year of ministry is going to look like at Melbourne Heights, and as we get ready to have a special called business session a little bit later on this afternoon, where we're going to talk about our proposed budget for the upcoming year, I want us to make sure we're in the right mindset. Instead of being so fixated on what something costs us, we need to make sure that we're paying attention to the blessings that the ministry that we do as a church have on each of our lives and can have on the lives of so many other people all around us. Now, I know we passed out our budgets a few weeks ago, but I don't know if you've really had a chance to sit down and take a look at yours or not yet. But if you've had a chance to look at it, you'll see that we're proposing a budget for the upcoming year of about $286,000. And $286,000 is a lot of money. And when the cost portion of our brain kicks in, we start thinking about everything that we could do with that kind of money. And with $286,000, you can afford to go to McDonald's and buy yourself a hamburger and french fries every single day for the next 200 years. But I'm pretty sure if you eat hamburgers and fries every day, you're not going to be around to see the year 2221. Or with $286,000, you could afford to buy 286 of the new iPhone 13s that were just announced last month if you're willing to settle for their cheaper model. With $286,000, you can afford to spend the night at one of the most luxurious resorts at all of Disney World every single night for the next year. Or with $286,000, you could afford to buy about a 2,000 square foot home in certain portions of Louisville today. But I don't want us to just focus in on the cost of the ministry that we're going to be doing in this church. Instead, I want us to think about the blessings that we can receive from the work that we do here in Malvern Heights. So when I think about our proposed budget for the upcoming year, I don't think there's any better place for us to start talking about it than by talking about some of the categories that we've included in our proposed budget for the very first time this year. And if you have had a chance to look at your budget, you may have noticed that it includes a category for our online ministry, for our portable church ministry, and for technology. And these are line items, categories that we haven't included in the past. But when you put these three categories together, you'll see that they account for about 15% of our total budget. And 15% of our budget, 
It's a lot of money, and it feels like a whole lot of money when we've never had to spend money in these categories before. But we also need to realize that the world around us has changed a whole lot since the last time we approved a budget here at Melbourne Heights. And most of the changes that have happened in the world around us can be summed up with just one word, COVID. COVID-19 changed the world forever, and that includes the church. And it all started back in March of last year when churches all across our country made the decision to cancel in-person services and activities to try to slow the spread of this potentially deadly virus. But just because churches stopped having in-person worship services and activities, it doesn't mean that we stopped being the church. What it means is that we had to find new ways to be the church. And for us at Melbourne Heights, that meant that we had to learn how to do online ministry. And every single Sunday since March 15th of last year, we have had an online worship service here at Melbourne Heights. And over the course of the last 19 months, through the worship service we post on our church website alone, we have ministered to over 4,000 people from 48 different states and over 70 different countries. If you're joining us online, I pause because there was a little applause. Well, those are incredible numbers for us, and that's just what we're doing through the worship services we post on our church website. That doesn't count the number of people that join us and worship with us every single week on Facebook, or the people who join us on our YouTube channel, or the people who tune into our sermon podcasts. And it also doesn't include everything else we do online. Every, just about every week at Melbourne Heights, we post a midweek devotional on our social media feeds on Wednesday nights to lift you up and encourage you during the week. On Saturday mornings, we have a special time for our kids where we share a story time with them so that they can hear the good news of Jesus on their level. Every Sunday morning, uh, about 840, at about 8.40 in the morning, you have the chance to join one of our small groups and fellowship and study the Word of God together inside of a Zoom meeting. And... I could keep going because we're doing a lot of stuff through our online ministry, but I think you get the point. And then back in April of this year, we finally felt like it was safe enough for us to start offering an in-person worship service again. But a whole lot had changed for our church since the last time we met together to worship in person. During the pandemic, we finalized the sale on our old church property. So when we started worshiping again back in April... We were, became a portable church. We've been renting space from the University of Louisville at the Shelbyhurst campus for the last seven months at this point. But through these in-person worship services, we have the chance for dozens of people to come together every single week to not only grow in their relationship with God, but we also give you a place, a safe place, where you can connect with other people and see and talk with your friends. This is real ministry that happens. Real ministry that's happening both in person in our portable church setting. Real ministry that's happening online. But this ministry is only possible when we're willing to fund budget categories like online ministry and portable church. And when we're spend, willing to spend the money that we need to spend to make sure we have the technology in place for all of these things to happen. So yeah, when it comes to the cost of the new ministries that we're doing here at Melbourne Heights, you can count how much they cost us. Or you can count the blessing that people all around the world have received through the work that we're doing here. But of course, these new categories, they only make up a portion of our proposed budget for the upcoming year. So let's talk about the single largest category that we find in our budget, and that is related to our personnel. 
Now, if you're the kind of person who still believes that ministers only work one day a week, then any money that we spend on our staff can seem a little bit excessive. But if you think that ministers only work one day a week, I got some news for you. We don't. Here at Melbourne Heights, every single week, our staff works a minimum of 112 hours. And that doesn't include the time that our instrumentalists put in each week to prepare themselves to lead us in our worship services. And what do we get from these 112 hours that our staff put in every single week? Well, we have one minister here on staff, uh, Michelle Cloud, whose primary focus and her primary ministry is with the kids at our church. And Michelle will be the first one to tell you that children's ministry has looked a whole lot different during this pandemic. And we have made the decision at Melbourne Heights that we're not going to resume having in-person children's ministry until our kids are able to receive the COVID vaccine. But that doesn't mean that we stopped doing children's ministry for the last 19 months. It's just looked different for us. So like I already said, every Saturday morning, Michelle puts together a, a special kids story time that we post on our social media channels. And we found throughout this pandemic that every week we have at least a handful of families who tune in to listen to these stories, to hear the word of God presented for their kids. In addition to that... Um, Michelle has coordinated two different virtual Bible schools for us over the last 19 months. And even though these virtual Bible schools have been pretty fun and we've enjoyed putting them together, they've also required a lot more work than we've ever had to put in on a VBS before. Last Easter, Michelle actually took the time to coordinate an at-home Easter egg hunt for every kid who is a part of our church. And this year, she coordinated our first ever socially distanced Easter egg hunt at Melbourne Heights. And you may notice this every week, but every week Michelle spends hours putting together handouts that she can give to our kids that are joining us for worship in person so that our kids have something that they can do to keep them engaged during the worship service. And while we're worshiping, most weeks Michelle's the one who's manning the comments feed on our Facebook page, making sure that our adults continue to be engaged and participate as well. Then we have another minister here on staff who's been absolutely instrumental in so much of what we've done with our online and our portable church ministry since this pandemic began, and that is Joe Noland. Now, you're probably aware that we hired Joe several years ago to serve as the youth minister in our church, but since you can't really relaunch a youth ministry during a pandemic, Joe's had to take on a lot of different responsibilities over the last 19 months. So Joe has done everything from record our midweek devotionals most weeks to filling the pulpit for me on multiple occasions over the last couple of years. But most of Joe's work every single week happens behind the scenes. And that's because when this pandemic started 19 months ago, we found ourselves thrown into the deep end trying to figure out what it meant for us to be an online church and how the technology would work around it. So over the last 19 months, Joe has spent time learning everything from how to build out a portable sound system so that you can hear us when we're worshiping together, to how to live stream on multiple platforms so that you can worship with us on our website, on our Facebook page, on our YouTube channel every single week. So just because you may not see him front and center on the stage every week, you need to realize that so much of the ministry that we've been able to do, so many of the people that we've been able to reach throughout this pandemic, we wouldn't have been able to do that without the work that Joe has put in for us. But I also want to take a second and note right now, this does not mean that we have given up on our youth ministry here at Melbourne Heights. We have plans that we are ready to implement to start relaunching our youth ministry as soon as this pandemic will allow us to do that. 
Then we have our minister of music, Leslie Brocklesby. And Leslie spends more hours than I can possibly imagine just about every single week putting together worship services that will help all of us connect with God, whether you're worshiping with us in person or worshiping with us online. So that means that she spends time every single week rehearsing the music that we're going to be singing on her own and with our instrumentalists. And you may not realize this, but back when this pandemic first started in March and April and May of last year, when we didn't know if it was safe for groups of people to come together, Leslie recorded all of our music multiple times so that we would have vocals and a guitar and a keyboard to enhance our worship services. In addition to that, she spends time every week poring over our extensive collection of music to find the right songs to help emphasize the message that God wants us to hear. And then she works and she reworks these services to make sure there's nothing that's going to happen that will distract us from hearing the word that God has for us all. And of course, over the years, one of Leslie's primary responsibilities in our church has been her work with our choir. And unfortunately, we haven't been able to have the choir lead us in worship since this pandemic began. But that doesn't mean that Leslie stopped ministering to the choir during this time. You may not know this, but every Wednesday night, our choir gets together for a special Zoom call where they fellowship and they pray together and they just spend time with one another. And Leslie's also the one who's making sure that in our staff meetings and speaking with our choir to try to make plans to figure out how and when our choir will once again be able to lead us inside of our worship services. And at this point in the service, I'd be remiss if I didn't take at least a minute to talk about our instrumentalists, Daniel Wilson and Jeannie Batts. And I got to tell you that both Daniel and Jeannie have gone above and beyond what they were called to Melbourne Heights to do during this pandemic. Because not only have they had to continue to rehearse in order to lead us inside of our worship experiences, they've also had to learn some new skills and try to figure out what it means to be an instrumentalist in an online church and a portable church as well. And then we have our administrative assistant here at Melbourne Heights, Laura Hovis. And Laura really keeps our church running throughout the week for us. Now, we just hired Laura on the staff about seven months ago. So you may not have had the chance to meet Laura or really know what she does for our church. But week in and week out, she does everything from, uh, for us, from answering the phone to updating our church website to designing fancy graphics that we're able to use during our online worship services. But the biggest thing that Laura does for us is she takes care of those small and mundane things that always seem to pop up that would distract the rest of our ministerial staff from doing what God has called us to do. And then you got me. What do I do here at Melbourne Heights? Well, in the way that only a child can, Hannah summed this up pretty well for me several years ago. One Sunday after the service finished up, I asked Hannah what she thinks her dad does at church. And she said... Her dad talks, and he talks a lot. And some of you are looking at your watch right now saying, Amen, Hannah. But the truth is, I don't just talk. I mean, I do talk, and I talk a lot here at the church, but that's not exactly what I do. Every week when I come up here and I stand before you on the stage, I'm not just talking. I'm presenting a message that God has for God's people. So what that means is I spend a lot of time every single week working on my sermons. I read the passage of scripture that I think God wants me to preach time and time again. And when I've read it multiple times, I'll then sit down with commentaries to try to better figure out exactly what that passage of scripture is saying. From there, before I write a single letter of my sermon, I pray. 
I pray over that sermon and I pray about it a lot because I want to make sure I'm bringing the message that God has for God's people in this place. And then I work on that sermon. I work on it multiple times. I pour over every single word in it. I write it. I rewrite it. I undo things. I redo things. And I stress about that message until I come to a point where I find a sense of peace knowing that I'm saying what God wants his people to hear. But preaching is only part of what I do here at Melbourne Heights. As the pastor of this church, I get to do a lot of other things as well. On a weekly basis, I spend time on the phone talking with different members inside of our church. I also make hospital visits when they're necessary and when the CDC will let me into the hospital. Um, In addition to that, I have attended your birthday parties, and I've shared more meals with you guys over the last 10 years than I can even begin to count. I've presided over a handful of weddings in my time as the pastor of this church, and I've presided over way too many funerals as well. As the pastor of this church, one of my goals, one of my responsibilities, part of my calling is that I'm here for you. Part of being here for you means that I pray for you every single week. And most of you I pray for by name every single week. And this doesn't even begin to touch on the leadership and administrative tasks that I undertake at Melbourne Heights. And if I even started trying to explain to you all of the leadership and administrative tasks and things that I've had to do during this pandemic or over the last three years as we work to sell our old property, I'd go on for a really, really long time. The truth of the matter is if I tried to explain to you everything that our staff does, everything that I do on a weekly basis, I'd be up here for hours But I also don't like when you get mad at me because I make you late for lunch. So we're going to move on and we're going to talk about a couple other categories inside of our budget. The last couple of categories that I want to touch on are related to our missions and our ministries here at Malvern Heights. Our missions and our ministry. And I am pleased to say that this year in our proposed budget, we are allotting more money in the categories for our missions and our ministries than we have in the entire time that I've been the pastor of this church. So that's a great thing that I'm ecstatic about. But these categories, these categories cover everything from us, from our financial support for our national denomination offices. It covers the Sunday school curriculum that we use inside of our small groups on Sunday mornings. It covers the work that we do with the Angel Tree program every Christmas and the work that we do with the Cabbage Patch Settlement House throughout the year. And this, these categories, these categories is where the rubber really meets the road for us as a church. These categories, our missions and our ministry, is really where we're doing the work that God has called us to do. These categories are where we're helping people connect with God and grow in their faith, and we're sharing the good news of Jesus with other people in our community and in the world around us. And that means that I always wish that these two categories could be bigger than they are. But regardless of how much money we're actually able to budget for our missions and our ministries here in Melbourne Heights, I want you to hear something, and I want you to hear it loud and clear from me right now. At Melbourne Heights, we are doing what God calls us to do. At Melbourne Heights, we are doing the work that God has called us to do. And we're doing the work that God has called us to do every single day. And at least in my mind, I don't think you can put a price tag on that. And that brings me back to the passage of Scripture that we read a little bit earlier today from the Gospel of Luke. I want to take a minute right now and share with you how Jesus wraps up this passage. 
Because after Jesus taught us about counting the cost, he had one more thing to say. He concluded by saying this. In the same way, none of you who are unwilling to give up all of your possessions can be my disciples. None of you who are unwilling to give up all of your possessions can be my disciples. So what this passage of scripture is really about, it's about helping us understand what it means to follow Jesus. What this passage is really about is telling us what it costs to be a disciple. And what it costs us to follow Jesus is everything. It costs us everything to follow Jesus. But Jesus wants us to understand that it's not about what it costs us. It's about the blessing that we receive from it, the blessing that it gives to the world around us. But ultimately, you get to decide. You get to decide if you're going to be the disciple that Jesus calls you to be. You're the one who gets to make the choice. You can count the cost, or you can count the blessing. You can count the cost, or you can count the blessing. Now, my prayer for our church as a whole and for every one of us who makes up this church is that we're willing to be, that we will be willing to commit our whole selves, including our financial resources, to being who God has called us to be and to doing what God has called us to do. Because God has called us to do a great work at Melbourne Heights. But we have to decide if we're willing to pay what it takes to bless the world the way that God wants us to. Let's pray together. God, as we come to you in this word of prayer, I think we are all a little challenged today, God. Oftentimes when we think about money, God, we think about how much something costs us, but what we fail to realize when we think about that is that everything that we have comes from you, God. Everything that we have, all good things come from above. So God, every dollar that we have is a blessing that we've received from you. So God, help us to see that when we spend money, it doesn't just cost us something, but you also give us the chance to bless the world around us, to bless ourselves through the dollars that we spend. So God, as we start thinking ahead to the next year in the life of Melbourne Heights Baptist Church, and we think about our proposed budget for the upcoming year, Help us to see all of the blessing, all of the good that you were doing in our church and through our church. And then inspire us and challenge us, God, to do our part, to do the part that we need to do to fund all of our ministries, to be involved in the work that you have called us to do. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and I just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of our sermon podcast. And I hope that today's episode has helped you realize that you can either count the cost of the money you spend or you can count the blessing that we receive from it. And I hope that it's also challenged you to financially support the work and the ministry that not only our church is doing, but other churches are doing all around the world. 
Now, in our next episode, we are starting into a brand new series here at Malvern Heights where we're going to be talking about things that we can do to make sure that we don't become the villains in the story of our own lives. So I hope that you'll come back and join us when our next episode drops next Tuesday morning. As always, if you subscribe to our podcast, that next episode will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And don't forget that you are invited to come and worship with us any Sunday morning you want to at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on our church website at mhbclouisville.com slash live or you can also worship with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Melbourne Heights. We would love to have you join us. Well until next time I hope that you have a great week. We'll see you back here soon for another sermon podcast.